It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's, What's up? up? What's, What's up? up? What's up? Yeah. Welcome into episode number He's Back of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, no Brandon this week because he's uh, at Disney World with uh, Steve Miggs apparently. And uh, this guy. Oh, we're back. Oh, you, you think we're back? <laughs> we're back. We're back. Hey, you know what? You know what I just realized? If Brandon's not here? This is the OG3. This is the OG3. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. Yeah, AJ, a.k.a. Uh, Frank, a.k.a. Who Hotter Than Top Dollar. Nah, nah, nah. That's our guy. He is back with us. So we've been wanting to do this the last couple of weeks because... Uh, it's been a decent couple of weeks for you, man. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's been it's okay. all right. Um, been pretty blessed, man. How, how Hunter's, Hunter's a great guy, man. Gives us good spots. Um, you know the fact that we're back at all. I just appreciate everything he's done. So, yeah, man, it's 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 a good living right now, dude. You know we we talked so much the first time around about the freedom that you guys were getting and the opportunities. Were you like at all apprehensive going back? Like, are are we no. just no? Not at all. I mean, I, um, a, I mean, you guys know this. WWE is where I've wanted to be my whole life. Um, it was crazy to people when I was in the NFL, and I would tell them that. But WWE is where I've wanted to be my whole life, and um, uh, Hunter, like I said, I have complete trust and faith in him because I know he believes in me. He believes in hit row. He believes in us. And, um, he sees what we do to make hit row work and all the work that we put in that people don't see because for the 60 second promo that you see on TV, you don't see that hour and a half we spend perfecting it so that we can do it in one take when the camera comes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he would see that. Yeah. So, um, he understands what we, what we do. And, and man, I, I couldn't be more grateful. So, um, no, I, I, at no point was I apprehensive of coming back. I was so excited to come back and I'm still excited every day that this is my job. I can't believe it. Like even last week, um, we were in Regina, Saskatchewan <laughs> and, and, and Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And, we were having the time of our life. Like a lot of people would be upset because obviously neither of those cities are big cities that you you know you dream about going to. Um, I didn't know Saskatoon was a city uh, <laughs> until I got there, uh, and it's actually a pretty big and popular. Yeah, city. it is. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like Portland. It was like I gave me really hippie vibes. Like I went to a, a bookstore and bought a book, and then. Uh, <laughs> 
We we ate at a we ate at like a when vegan friendly we we ate at like a vegan friendly smoothie shop <laughs> and then like a a vegan uh, f- a farm to table uh, well it wasn't vegan it was just farm to table everything scratch breakfast shop I was like okay okay Saskatoon <laughs> has, I can live this life <laughs> has it has it gotten difficult and we might have to to lead this into our segment. Has it gotten difficult yet when you go out? Have you got like obviously you when oh, we know man. this? I and, mean, literally last night, all of Hit Row, we went to uh, Halloween Horror Nights in Universal um, in Orlando, and I mean, we got stopped so many times yeah. to take pictures. Yeah, um, it, 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 I like Tahuti. You know he has a if he has a hoodie on he's like a five eleven, you know two hundred pound dude like he's got abs and stuff but you can't see that through his clothes, right? So like he walks around and he can be incognito like, but B got them white ass braids, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm obviously a giant, so like we can't really blend in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and especially when we're together, it's like. Like it's like yeah. crazy. Yeah, correct. You know, they, like that, it, that would actually be a really fun social media. So it's just you trying to blend in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, we put you in the Where's Waldo outfit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we like, send you out. Me somewhere. walking around like even before I was top dollar, y'all know y'all been pleased yep. with me. Yep. People just stare at me when I walk by like I'm a science experiment or something. <laughs> so hold on, Go, going back, you talk about how excited you were for everything. Three weeks ago, Dude. you're told you're wrestling the New Day. You're wrestling Imperium. You're Man. wrestling Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest with you, like I'd wrestled Ridge um, in the PC before, and we had a match with Imperium um, on NXT. Right. Um, I had never wrestled Pete, but Pete was so much fun to work with because Pete comes with a lot of really good ideas. Even though he's like the youngest person, I'm pretty sure he's younger. I know he's younger than me. I think he was the youngest person in the match by far. Um, but he comes with a lot of really good ideas and a lot of really good things to like structure the match. Um, um, so it was cool working with him. But obviously, dude, the, getting a chance to throw down with the new day was like. A dream come true. You know how I am with the New Day, bro. I've been a New Day supporter before. It was cool. I bought the New Day socks when everybody was saying New Day sucks, all right? So we've literally poured bootios over each other. Like that's a thing that's actually happened. I like I don't think people get that. We have the three of us in in the old studio one night poured a box of bootios all over each other. That's a factual statement. That, That happened. Uh so like even like when you look at that match at the end like Kofi does the the tope and like knocks me over the announce table right mm-hmm. like that was all me being like look Kofi like because I just took you know I'm, the whole match is like I do my three man move and they were so cool like you would think people would be apprehensive of of doing a move like that because like one thing could go wrong and it could be disastrous but I am obviously a you know tank so like i hadn't even tried that move since i did it in nxt over a year ago but i knew i could pull it off right mm-hmm. so i uh i get these guys up and i you know they're down to do the move and then like ridge is going to give me the alabama slam but that's the only bump i'm taking on like i don't 
uh, it's the only bump I'm taking in the match. I'm like, look, man, uh, if you guys want to get rid of me for the match, like Alabama Slam is a good move to get rid of me, but like it's the only thing I'm taking. If it's the only thing I'm taking, like I got to take something else that'll help get rid of me. And I come up with the idea. I'm like, Kof. I wanted to be Kof and Xavier, but it ended up just being Kof. I was like, bro, just give me a tope. And in my mind, I was like, and I'll just backflip over the announce table because that's something that I've wanted to do <laughs> my whole <laughs> life. You know, take that bump backwards over the announce table. I've seen so many people take that bump. And I was like, yo, I want to take that bump so bad. So Kof was like, yeah, 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 for sure. And we did it, and it came out great. And like, we had a great match with the Usos Imperium and the Brawling Brutes match. It was like main event of SmackDown, my first main event on SmackDown. Like, and everybody loved the match. Like, the match was incredible. We come back through the curtain, and there's nothing but high praises. The social media loved it. The crowd was on fire. So it was like, it was amazing to be able to be in that moment with those guys. Yo. I, you know, as cool as that was, and dude, I mean, it was amazing. Like everything about that was just wild. And and the funny thing too, and I think we texted about this, where I'm like, I know you have you you know all these people, you worked with all these people, but I still am like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme sometimes when I see these things. And the one for me was you getting to work with Shinsuke, where I was like, holy, <laughs> dude, we we sat in arenas like we yeah. were in damn near tears in Orlando. Yeah. All of us, don't forget, uh, I think it was 33 WrestleMania. Yeah, because it was at Amway. Yeah. Uh, all, all of us had Shinsuke shirts That's on. That's correct. We all wore yeah. Shinsuke <laughs> Different shirts. Different Shinsuke shirts, too. That's a Different fact. Different Shinsuke shirts. Yeah. Every single one of us wore a Shinsuke shirts. I still shirt. have a Shinsuke shirt in my closet right now. Here. Yo. <laughs> I like there was this moment where it hit me. And, dude, like, you know, we're getting to live vicariously through you, obviously. But, like, I that was surreal to me and i know the new day thing is probably even cooler you like you know you were in a match with them but like yeah dude no I so so we do obviously we're doing the hero party thing um for the show and like we know that we're in it like we came we pitched the segment the idea and we're not like we know we're in it but like we don't know who's gonna be in it with us so then like obviously we get the we see who's gonna be involved and Street Profits were like, okay, natural fit. We've already done stuff with them. Mm -hmm. That'll be cool. And then we're like, you know, I was like, wait, Shinsuke's going to be in this? Yeah. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? Like, Daddy was in it cool. That was also cool. Uh, you know, it was it was really cool um, that we could do so much um, to, like, be the thread of the show. Like, that's a really big spot to be able to be the thread of the show that continues the dialogue and continues the story and not to mention that night was uh smackdown's biggest uh viewership since 2020 mm. so mm. Clearly, because of hit row clearly clear um i wouldn't say because of him oh, no i'm good with that yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but but i'll say i'll say the hero definitely did hurt the matter right i'm trying to remember so, do you do you remember the nxt episode that like went over a million and it was the gargano champa match uh -huh. and it was like that was basically the entire episode was the gargano champa match but afterwards, I don't, I, it might have been Sean. I don't remember who it was, but one of the great tweets of all time was when the ratings came out and it was over a million. They retweeted, Malcolm Bivens did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yo, you should absolutely take credit for the for greatest rating. Who had for more facts. screen time than anyone else on that show? Right. Come yeah. on, guys. You know, I'm telling you. But the cool thing is for us is that um, – Man, it's just good to be, like, part of the mix. 
especially like, I mean, not to brag or anything, but we're four and one, and the one loss that we have, you know what I'm saying? We didn't lose really. Right, we just yeah. did, you know. So didn't take uh, the pin. Didn't take the pin, you know. So it's like, uh, we're in a good spot right now, you know. We're we we got to be, you know, uh, top contender and one of the, at least one of the top contenders for sure for a tag team title shot. So hopefully that's coming down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like that's obviously the the goal of Hit Row right now is the tag team titles, and um. You know, we're just trying to plot our way to get there. They just got a lot going on with that bloodline, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, hell, Sammy and Solo might get a title shot before we do. You know? about that last week. Mm, <laughs> mm, yeah. mm. I got to be honest. There's some rumors about uh, some old friends of yours or foes of yours. There's some rumors about mm. uh, a certain tag team that might be joining the equation soon. And I, uh, uh Legato, you talking about? Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they've been they 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 did the. You thought I would leave you guys here in NXT mm-hmm. like a uh-huh. month ago, probably. Mm-hmm. So yep. more I mean, than a month I, ago, it was August. Yeah. So I assume that like. They they gotta be they gotta be getting an opportunity soon and hey man, Hero and Legato Del Fantasma made magic. Magic, magic. They made magic. magic. You know so, I don't know if there's a way to turn that into a war games match. Like I don't know. I, I was gonna say we do have war games oh, right around the corner. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm worth two people, so <laughs> <laughs> we um, can do four. We can do four on three. I slammed all three. They were the first people I slammed all three that's of. True. So. That's a fact. <laughs> Um, there's two things we have to talk about, and I know you gotta uh, get on a flight and and head to Worcester, Mass, uh, Worcester. For, for SmackDown. We have to talk about this picture of Natty and Bree. Um, uh-huh. That that was one of like coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, someone awesome. to tweet out, and I know it was a big deal, like Bree getting the opportunity to work matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know you. Like you told us some things about people and how cool they are, but for Natty to do that, man, like yeah. I, I don't see, even have the words. See, the thing is, like, man, like, so obviously the hurricane was last week, and not everybody could make it to the shows and whatnot. Um, so you know, literally the day before, B hasn't worked a match in over a year at this point, like a real match, like she's worked mm-hmm. practice matches, but then that that this shit don't count. Right, so like unless you're in front of a crowd, it don't count. Right. So um she hadn't worked in over a year. And even then, like the only matches she ever worked in front of a real crowd, other than that, was like the two matches she had on NXT. So literally, like her match with Natty when we were in Regina was literally her third match ever. And it was a year removed from her second match ever. Right. So for all intents and purposes, in if you look at everybody in the history of wrestling business, those facts added together means the match is probably not going to be good, right? But the match was great. Bree looked great. Bree impressed Natty. You, you can say whatever you want about, I'm going to be biased because B is the queen B of hero, and even if she was bad, I wouldn't say that, right? right? Mm-hmm. But, but Bree impressed Natty. Natty ain't got nothing to lie for, okay? Natty done seen them all. She done wrestled every single woman in the last, how long Natty been doing? 20 years, yeah. 20 years? Yep. In the last 20 years, every single woman that's come through WWE has faced Natty, all right? So if she has impressed Natty, that says a lot, man. Um, 
she looked great in the match. She looked comfortable. Um, the people loved it. The people loved her. Um, and it answered a lot of questions because people were always on the internet, especially, but people would be like, oh, well, B, she's just a manager. She's just there to look good. Da, 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 da. Well, she does look good while she's standing there cheering <laughs> on B and Tahuti. Me and Ashante, don't get that wrong. But, like, she brings more to the table than people even know. And the fact that she was able to go out there and she didn't even know she was having a match. Like, literally, they told her the day before. It's like, hey, you, do you have gear? You, can you work a match? And she was like, yeah, I can do that. And we was just, you know, coaching her up the whole day before. She was, uh, you know, cool with Natty and, you know, working on things with Natty. And they did a cool little baby-baby uh, match. And uh, uh, it was awesome, man. And they, they did it again the next night in Saskatoon. And it was awesome again. And it was like... Marie looked like she had been wrestling every week for the last year. You know what I'm That's saying? Cool. This is so and cool. It, and so, like, there's a lot of people that get a match with Natty that, like, don't get the props from Natty that Natty gave Brie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like the fact that he, that happened, like, Natty didn't have to show Brie that crazy love like that. Liv Morgan didn't have to show Brie that crazy love like that, but they did because of how well she did and how good a person she is. Um, so, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because she's in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know this is going to make me sound like a nerd. And, I, and Aaron, I don't know if you feel this way. Like, I Literally, I've met Brie one time. But like because she's part of your crew, I, uh -huh. I, I feel like she's an extension and like I, I was damn near in tears when I saw that tweet. Like that was magical, man. And it's, I think it's also part because we've always loved Natty. Like we've every, everybody on the show has always loved Natty. You know, before you knew her, before uh, you knew what she was all about. We've, we've always been in on Natty. And so like the, the and all the girl, all the girls love Brie, man. I mean, when we're at the shows, Sonya, Liv, Natty, like Brie's just good people's man. So like it's, it's great to see her. Because even if they didn't, if she didn't mesh well with the other ladies on the show, like, she'd still be part of our crew and we wouldn't care because, like, she's with us. But, like, her meshing so well with all the ladies on the show does nothing but, you know, make her a bigger part of the whole, yeah. you know, company yeah. and, a, and the little locker room. And, um, man, it's just, it's dope working with her and it's dope seeing her get her, get her roses finally. Um. Well, we have to yeah. do this. We obviously have to do this, and I hope you've got a good one for us because I'm sure there's a million things that you experienced. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's time for AJ's life is different than yours, and mm -hmm. now here to tell us how his life is different than yours. Here's AJ. All right. Uh, let me think. Uh, I got a good one. Um. So, uh, I got an opportunity to sit uh behind shinsuke on a uh on a flight um and we were cool you know nothing happened there but like because of a couple of the uh segments we've done and other things i've been able to uh actually talk to him like a friend and uh you know i got to talk to shinsuke oh. about the epic uh debut match he had at nxt oh. uh versus Sami Zayn, and okay. Getting an opportunity to relive that match with the guy who was in the match, oh. knowing that I was in the third row as a fanboy, having the absolute time of my life. Um, you know, we got to, I got to learn so much 
from him. And I also, you know, had to plant it in his ear. I'm like, hey, man, Shinsuke versus, you know, top dollar of the big kaiju. I'm yo, just saying. Yo, yo. <laughs> we got we to do that sometime soon. Yo, I hope so, so. I'm not kidding. If that match happens, <laughs> I will fly to wherever it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's Saskatoon. I don't, yeah, I will go to Saskatoon. Well, plus they got great vegan uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> smoothie shops. I'll go check those out. Yo, if you get a freaking one-on-one match with Shinsuke Nakamura, I will drop everything in my life in yeah, order man. to be there, dude. I can't. I, I mean, eventually it's got to happen yeah got to happen you know uh yeah. that's he's such good people's man it's it's awesome it's awesome meeting people that you were fans of and then not disappointing you Dude. because so many times in life you meet somebody who you're a fan of and they're just a giant asshole right and you know they think they they think their shit don't stink and they think they're so much better than having a casual conversation with you or you know, that's why I always, whenever fan like even at Halloween Horror Nights, like whenever fans recognized us, like I was always make sure to take the picture because like I was that fan. You know what I'm saying? Like I was the fan that like if I was in Walmart and I saw um, Randy Orton, I'm going to go up to Randy Orton and yep. ask for a picture. Yep. And if Randy Orton says, oh, I'm not feeling it right now, I'm like, okay, I understand. But like, I'm still going to go up to him and ask. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to not get the picture because I was scared to ask. You're not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph. I mean, everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm going to do that. And I was that fan. So that's why I always try to make sure I do that with the fans. But, man, Shinsuke is just such a cool guy. And, like, whenever we go on these trips, it's so funny. It's like Shinsuke's like, like, uh, uh, like the the parent, uh, what's it called when you go when you're in elementary school and you go on a field trip? Chaperone, yeah, yeah. He's like our he's like our chaperone. He's like wearing <laughs> like these. He's like wearing like this cool dad hat and like got this backpack on, and he's and he's just with us, man. Like, and everybody else there is like all is like young and like, and Shisuke's just there like with us, like. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, man? It's just so funny wow. to see him with us, man. He's such cool people. I just had such a blast being around him. And, uh, yeah, that's a – me and Shinsuke becoming cool people is, is the thing that your life is not like mine. You know, you know. Yeah. Instead of facing him, can you just bring him into Hit Row? I'm telling you. <laughs> we're, not really, we're not really accepting applications, but Shinsuke might, Shinsuke's the kind of guy who can't turn down the offer. Yo, if that you, is... You recruit. You don't accept dude, applications. If, if that, by the way, was how you got a War Games match... Oh, my God. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, my... Please put Shinsuke with us in War Games, oh dear God. Oh, my God. Do, do a rap over his uh, violin theme. Oh. oh, I would, and I'd kill it, too, because that'd be just crazy. They should bring back that violinist that we had on that was dope. Yeah. Um, Lee, right, was his name? That mm-hmm. guy was yeah, so yeah. dope, man. He was so cool. Yo, I I know it sounds there. I'm you're giving me like secondhand chills, bro. Talking about that because you know you know how all we all feel about Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura, man. So like when you say that, we I'm I'm losing it. That's so freaking yeah. cool. Shit man. is so cool, man. Like he's always cool too. Like and like I'm I'm just grateful to have opportunities to kick it with people that you know I've looked up to for so long, and now we're like equals. That's and awesome. it's that's awesome. It's it's awesome. That's awesome. Um. 
We can edit this out later if we have to. Do, do you have? Uh, are we doing a, a food drive again this year? Or the are we? Is that? Yeah, finally, the Maryland finally got back to me. And okay, we set the date, uh, November nineteenth, the Ohio State football game. Yeah, it's a big one. There is a, there is a chance that could be a very big game. Mm-hmm. There is November, a November nineteenth, the Ohio State football game. Um, we are going to be collecting canned goods and non-perishables at the University of Maryland uh, for Sarah's house in Maryland. Every year we get more donations than the years past. So I'm really looking forward to this year, seeing how big it could be. Um, um, I'm in the talks with, I got to talk to, you know, people at WWE, but I'm in the talks of doing uh, another event that I'm going to keep close to my chest. Wow. Uh, the next day, Saturday, uh, Sunday, uh, uh, November 20th. Um, but that could also be a really big event and for uh, Sarah's house as well. So trying to get that done. Uh, hopefully we can get it done. And, uh, yeah, so November 19th, Ohio State versus the University of Maryland. Bring your canned goods to University of Maryland, non-perishables as well um, for the kids at Sarah's house, man, and for me, Maryland. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. All right. Well, dude, you know, just keep kicking ass. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. It's, um, go, go jet set off to your life. Yeah, right? In, in, <laughs> enjoy. Yeah, I got to fly to Boston. <laughs> enjoy your weekend. Uh, he's last, shipping off to Boston, as someone might say. Last time I shipped off to Boston was uh, – well, technically, last time I was on the Dolphins, but the time before that, <laughs> it was to join the Patriots. So that's right, that's right. Uh, love you, man. Uh, appreciate you. We'll do it again in a few weeks. There he goes. He is the main event. 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 Give me one more. Event. AJ Francis, aka Frank, aka who hotter than Top Dollar. Nah, nah. Well, thank you to AJ for taking the time. I know he's a very busy man, but uh, now it's the real OG crew that's left. As, right? You know, you have to go back even further, but once upon a time, believe it or not, it was just the two of Just the two of us. Um, that's how this all started, just Aaron and I all those years ago. How many? What, what was it? 14? Is that when we started this? I think it was 15. 15? Yeah. Whenever it was. Damn. Yeah, because it was right around the, uh, the Roman, basically right before WrestleMania 31. Okay. The Roman, Seth, okay. Rock, all that stuff. And then, uh, at the time, AJ would just join us for picks. Yes. Is that? Well, when yeah. did we start doing, like, guest pick segments? When did we start doing that? So I think we start, so it was, AJ would be on for picks, and then probably around beginning of 2016, he, you know, he was in the off season, so he started coming around every week, and that's when we were like, okay, let's get a guest pick. How insane is it that we would literally do the show together every week somehow? Like, what in the world? Imagine explaining that to someone in 2022. We would drive all of us mm-hmm. somewhere, whether it was D.C. or Baltimore, wherever it was, we were getting together, all three of us, every week to do the show for a couple of years, which is sure. nuts, yeah. man. That is insane. 
Uh, but yeah, just uh, Aaron and I. Although Brandon did send us. Do you have those, by the way, Handy? I don't know. Uh, where my yeah, I got, I got okay. my phone here. All right, so. Brandon sent us his picks. So uh, we will include them. Extreme Rules is coming up. We have a lot to discuss, but let's, let's just get into Extreme Rules. It's coming up on uh, Saturday night. So um, I, I'm still not used to that fully, but, uh, you know, I got to get used to it. Mm-hmm. Where is it, by the way? Where is Extreme Rules? It's in Extreme Rules Philly, is in right? Philadelphia, which huh. is big considering – well, yeah. we, I should have remembered that off the top of my head because there were several QR code hints pointing at Philadelphia. Well, so just meaning that that's where we think we're going to see Bray Wyatt. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, let's get into the card itself. Uh, we begin the Brawling Brutes taking on Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. I, I do love that. I like, do love they're that just like, too. not extreme rules, not a street fight. Yeah, right. let's go with this. Wonderful. Um, You know what's really funny about this? I'm kind of okay no matter what here. Yep. Um. I just want it to be a bloodbath. That's all. I just want a, a real bloodbath between these guys. And I, I know it's it's a cop-out to say I don't care because we have to make a pick. I just don't know, like, who's hurt by this. I don't know who it benefits. Like, I, I guess in the end you say the bigger benefit would be for the Brutes because at the end of the day, Gunther still has the belt. Like, I don't know. I'll say... I'll say shouldn't will the brutes just because it's a cool moment to get the pop for the faces. Yeah, I'm with you. And it's solely for either side. Could we, if you want to say, well, I'll, honestly, if this was normal wrestling, if we were seeing the champ around, I would say, absolutely. Let's get the brawling brutes and the bloodline into a program together. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sheamus versus Roman for one pay-per-view would be awesome. Like, let's just get through that. That would be a really nice you know, this time of year thing to do. Obviously, it's not normal, so we can't really do that. Um, I'm not against just making Imperium. You know, we know that Gunter is, like, this awesome force, but I'm not against making Imperium this awesome force either. Sure. Um, You know, you could go both ways. Um, I I think what we are going to see is the Brawling Brutes win simply because I don't think they're going to have Sheamus lose title matches twice in a row, assuming he loses uh, on Friday night. It could just end up being a schmoz finish and no winner or loser. That's sort of what I'm expecting. Yeah, I mean, but either way, he's not going to have two matches where he doesn't win and then another match where he doesn't win. I don't expect that at least, so I'm going to say it's Will the Brawling Brutes. But I guess without the potential, you know, somewhere to go for the Brawling Brutes, the idea of, you know, them facing Roman and the Bloodline, if that's not on the table, I guess I would lean slightly towards should Imperium, but... It's one of those things where it's going to be wonderful either way. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. What did Brandon say? Uh, Brandon said, "Should and will the brawling brutes? Okay. Good moment to finish." Can yeah, ba- basically that same thing we did. Uh, yeah, Kaiser Vinci will take the fall. It won't hurt Gunter, and it'll be a fun moment. Edge taking on Finn Balor in an I Quit match. Um, you get <laughs> to guess, go first. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. I mean. Should be Finn Balor if this is going to be a Finn Balor thing, if this is going to be a Judgment Day thing. They have to start winning meaningful matches. Um, I know, was it last week or the week before, we talked about the idea of, you know, them threatening Beth Phoenix, them threatening somebody, you know, that kind of schmoz finish where, yeah, they say I quit, but it's really not quitting the match. And that's, I think, 
likely, but the more I think about it, the more I think this might really just be an edge win thing. Oh, I think that's a very reasonable thing to think. Um, what does Brandon say? Uh, should Balor, will Balor. And, and and he kind of said the Beth hostage, whatever, you know, schmozzy, I quit thing. So obviously it's should Balor. Like, that's the part that's obvious. The will, to your point, I mean, this is Edge that we're talking about. And just, LOL, just have Edge win is always going to be an option. This, this show feels like such a nothing. Like, this feels closer to a house show than a pay-per-view. So in that way... I don't know that you really do feel like you're getting a big edge moment if you have him win. I think even if the, ultimately it's LOL edge wins, you do that at something that feels more legitimate than I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. Like this feels like Battle of the Belts. Like it, it'll be better because you know there there's some cool things like the fight pit and you know the good old fashioned Donnie Brook match. I, I was gonna say the matches themselves probably will end up being pretty good but it's one of those things where it's a good house show right that's really what this is 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 an elevated house show and so because of it i just don't think you're getting your bang for your buck with edge so i will go should and will with finn balor and yes i'm I'm trying to think of the uh like the interesting way to do it because like the beth phoenix thing is fine and if it's leading towards a mixed tag match fine wonderful i'm just wondering if there's a more interesting way to do it like what if Boy, I, I'm trying to think of like something that truly is like the big move for Dominic where he like threatens to not kill Ray. Well, I know, was going to say like some sort of Ray and then he yeah. actually does it after Edge says I quit anyway. Yeah, like some sort of true like mental manipulation of some sort. Right. Like, yes, that if. Yeah, that would be good. I would like, like... If, Do- if Dominic puts his dad on the shelf till WrestleMania because of something he does so dastardly after Edge says I quit. Yeah, that's good. That's a good look. It's a good yeah. look for, for moving Dominic forward. I don't disagree with it. Uh, Raw Women's Championship match in a ladder match. Bianca Belair, Bailey. Where does Brandon go? Uh, Brandon should Bailey will Bianca. And he has a note of he thinks that the odds may be equalized uh, for Bianca as some new friends arrive. Oh, you think he thinks this is Naomi and yeah? Hasn't he said that a few times though? Like, well, I mean, we're all waiting for it. I know, but hasn't Brandon specifically brought up that like three or four times already? Like, didn't Probably. we didn't didn't we do a whole episode about how he was convinced it was happening on a SmackDown and then didn't like? I feel like Brandon's kept saying that so that one he makes time he's sure, going to be right. Right. If you just keep throwing it out there, it has to be right one time. Um. You know, I'm in a weird place with this where I do feel like Bailey should ultimately take the belt off of Bianca. I guess my question is, should it be here? And maybe the best like reason for it would be if you're planning on going back to Bianca, why not go ahead and have Bailey win at a lesser event? And also there's an argument for it elevate if you have a title change, it elevates what is an overall lesser event. Now, I think most of us are assuming there's going to be another title change, but, you know, that could get that could get wonky, too. Maybe i got to really think, re- think about that a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm good with should Bailey, and I'm still going to stay. It, it just also feels like they've been reluctant to do anything of late. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, will Bianca. 
I'm not sure on the should, because I do feel like this reign for Bianca has been a little bit lackluster, and I'd really like to see, you know, kind of a big moment. And you could say by dropping it and getting it back, that's a big moment. But I just, I don't know if the only moment we can get out of it is Bianca, you know, getting out of Bianca is Bianca winning the title. I, you know, that's... But I, but I always kind of felt like that was this. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's part of it for me is I never really thought that it was about the rain necessarily. And I always, you know, this goes back to but inherently... But Bianca is who we are, shouldn't part, like, shouldn't it be part like that should be a thing if bianca is who we think she is i i understand what you're saying but i still think it walks into like the area of eternally what's better for professional wrestling and we all know that it's always better for professional wrestling to have faces getting screwed and having to chase like i mean that's just that inherently is professional wrestling i'm not, i don't know yeah no no i i and i by the way I agree, and it goes back to – it not solves, but we talked about how, you know, I think it was two or three weeks ago, we were like, they kind of did this whole damage control thing backwards where they're this, you know, big dominant – you know, they they kind of came out and they were just like, oh, yeah, this is a dominant group of women when they hadn't shown that they were a right. dominant group of right. women at all, and they treated them as such. So by putting the title on Bailey and having the tag titles on the others, like you create your dominant – force that you're portraying here so for that reason i'm i'm all for it and i think it's better and everything is better about that my one hesitation is simply about bianca and i i do think that that's something we need to explore later on if it's if it's just a situation where the only big moments we can get out of bianca are title chain title wins it's something where it's like hmm why is that why can't they get a more concrete rain out of it. Well, again, you keep coming back to concrete rain. I'm not. I'm not as worried about concrete rains. That does not concern me. Um, if the question is, can you create more significant moments when it isn't her overcoming to win a championship mm-hmm. that she doesn't yeah. hold? Okay, we can. We can. I can listen to that argument. Um, and again, it, it might. I. I don't need. Bailey to win here. I think Bailey should beat Bianca. I do think that they need, particularly with there being no men's belts on television, something has there has to be something happening in programming. There has to be something. How weird is it that there's no men's belt being defended at all? I mean, it's it's a house show, bro. Like this is what I go. I, I know, to. but usually they throw. This is where you throw the Intercontinental, the U.S. title, the tag title. It's, you throw it's, something it's, it's where everything is meeting, right? It's not having major men, like um, a men's, you know, a world championship belt that that's being completely out of the picture. Combined with what we've talked about, with wanting to do more significant things on television. Um, so now you got to do the the other championship US matches on, on television because you can't do. Um, world championship matches like you, everything kind of comes to roost here and what you end up with is exactly this where you look at it and you're like oh i this is happening i get like tell me what the main event of this of this i guess it's well, the fight that's, pit that's yeah that's so like with um with DraftKings, so they always do the big pool for the main event right. they don't know what the main event is yeah, so I they mean, who would do, like they couldn't do a really like in-depth pool like they normally do because like I guess it's the fight. It's the pit. fight pit. The match itself. I, I, it yeah. could be Ronda live. It could be, but I I don't think you can do anything after the fight pit. Like I really don't. I think that they have to end with the fight pit. 
Um, anyway, ultimately, I'm good. I, again, I don't think it yeah. has to be Bailey. I just think that it. Well, the fact that it's la- a ladder match leads me to think it is Bailey. Like right. the fact that you can Bianca get doesn't have Bianca doesn't have to get pinned. Bianca. Exactly yep. right. Exactly right. Um, strap match: Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Uh, I'm first. I think so. Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, this is a slam dunk. Shouldn't Will Drew McIntyre? There is nothing there. It, it there. This has been the wettest of wet farts from the moment that it started, and it kind of scares me that they can't solve this with Karrion Cross because it almost feels like they're not trying to. Like it, it, it. This comes off way more like, hey, we kind of we're in on it. We know. It's not really a thing. You brought out, you use the term monster of the week and I'm I'm fine with that. Like it, this this is this is nothing. This is beyond nothing. There is nothing to scratch right now when it comes to carrying cross. It's uninteresting. It's it's infuriating because of what it took you away from. It's awful. Get it over with as quickly as you possibly can. Drew McIntyre shouldn't will. Um, you know, the, the only reason I push back is because we clearly know that they don't think Karrion Cross is nothing. And if Karrion Cross, oh, or that, nothing, at least that they didn't think he was nothing. I don't, I don't know that. that. Okay. That that's fair. Like it, it may not, I'm assuming that, you know, Cross was the first guy who Triple H brought back after, you know, in the, the new regime change or one of the first, you know, he, he was kind of top priority. Triple H loves Karrion Cross. Um, obviously a change of course, like, the best thing that could happen would be Drew wins, Drew wins convincingly, and we kind of have a pause and a, a real look at what Karrion Cross and how they can fix Karrion Cross. Because, you know, as we've said, we know Karrion Cross can be fixed. We know he has that in him. We know he's interesting. We know he can be put in positions to be interesting. And for whatever reason, they can't get it done here. Um, so maybe it's let's look back at what worked years ago. And try to incorporate that more into it. I I don't know exactly, you know, right. you can't do the exact thing, but somehow look look at the game tape, figure out what's working and what's not. Um, but so yeah, should Drew, but I don't think they think Carrion Cross is nothing, and it will be Carrion Cross. Yeah, it, I mean that's that would be disastrous. That like that's the problem with it's disastrous that it's gone on this long. It's disastrous they screwed around, you know, like there's so much that's bad that it's hard for me to it, Here's the other problem with this pay-per-view now that I look down it. Yeah. Like every time I'm having a heel win, whether it's Bailey, whether it's Finn Balor, whether it's Karrion Cross, I'm I'm having them win in like chicken shit ways. Um, That's not good when you're having like potentially three different heels win in chicken shit ways on the same pay per view when that's half the card. Because like I, I'm because it's a strat match, so I assume it's the the corners thing. Yeah. So I assume he's going to win, you know, just kind of sneaking in or whatever. Bailey's going to win with the numbers game, and Finn's going to win with the, the I quit nonsense. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I just I, I don't think enough of this card to be all that concerned about it. I also, you know, you and I just disagree on what the results will be in a few of those. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, 
I, I don't see a good place here for a heel to get a clean. I mean, I guess the best one you could say would be Imperium, right? Oh, Imperium, like, yeah. And that'd be the best place for a heel to get a clean win. I, in fairness, though, the, I, I don't, I don't need a but clean. That's, I don't need a clean win. I just feel like it's maybe I, I shouldn't put ba- lump Bailey with the other two because Bailey just having numbers is not a chicken shoe. That that's a numbers game. But kind of the cross and Finn Balor both doing it in very. And I guess it depends exactly how they do right. the Finn Balor thing. Yeah. All those things are very dependent. I don't know, man. I I am. It's it's hard for me to separate. Like the the cross thing hasn't been good at all. And then I have to. It's difficult because I want to say to myself, "Hey, try to pretend like it didn't ruin what was what should have been the greatest professional wrestling moment in years, and try to view it through a prism where you didn't dismiss that and." It's still bad. <laughs> like, even when I attempt to do that, it's still bad. There's just nothing interesting about it. I, it, it, it really just, it comes it comes back to what we've saying about said about Karrion Cross for a while now. Is what is Karrion Cross? Right. What is his character? Why am I supposed he... to like him? Why, the only reason that you're giving me to not like him is just because he's gone after Drew McIntyre, right? Right. But like that alone. I, I don't know. Fine. He's going after somebody who's a top guy on the card. Like, that's what you would want somebody to do that was coming into the company. Um, you know, to say he's attacked him from... I, I, th- maybe that's unfair. They, they've they definitely made it clear that he's a heel, right? Well, yeah, right. No, and I'm not even saying the face heel thing. I'm just saying, character. besides being a heel right. who can beat you up, like, wh- what, what is his character? Exactly right. Like, he's a guy with an hourglass. What does that mean? Like what? What is that? And, and why? Why does he say TikTok when he has an hourglass? Correct. That's it. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Uh, what does Brandon say? Uh, Brandon says, "Should Drew will cross." Okay. Um, Matt Riddle versus Seth freaking Rollins. And oh, you know what? You want to save that because we think it's the main event. Sure. Uh, Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey, Extreme Rules match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Should live. There's far more interesting directions to go if Liv wins this than if Ronda wins this. Um, I'm still hesitant. Like, Ronda over the past few months has been a lot better than she was when she first came back. I still have hesitations about Ronda. I I don't like the way this feud has been built. I You know, we, we've talked about this. The whole Liv thing is weird because um, I think it was working and then they just decided to stop making it work. So I think the most interesting thing you can do at this point is you have Liv fully go heel. You align her with Adam Pierce. You align her with who you know maybe Shayna Baszler, whoever else would come out and help her win. That's the most interesting thing you can do at this point. As far as the will, I think it, it could because again it's Ronda is not losing cleanly. That's for sure. I, I hesitate to think that Ronda is going to lose it all, but if it is such a ridiculous... Well, th- I think the it, the only question is, is there a Shayna story in there? Yeah, and that that's, yeah, Adam and Shayna and whoever else. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, like, it's going to be very clearly, not even remotely clean. You know, we were talking about, like, Bailey winning with numbers would be sort of clean. It'll, like, this will be just kind of ridiculous over the top. Um, So I, I guess the question is, do... I'm going to say will Ronda simply because I just don't see Ronda losing three times to the same person. But there, there is that big thing about will they view it as, okay, it's not really a loss. We're just going to have her go off and do something else for the time being. 
I am. Uh, what does Brandon say? Uh, let's see what Brandon has here. Brandon has should Rhonda will live. Uh, Extreme Rules helps live overcome opponent who should murder her. So the should Rhonda part is interesting to me. Like, I, you know, the, he's been he kind of oversold this. Like, like it was going to be like she was Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is mildly interesting with Rhonda, but at best mildly interesting. Um, it's it's sort of more like, oh, right, of course this is what they would do with Rhonda. Like, of course they would try to make it so that she was untouchable and all of those things. Um, I, I guess there's a world in which, like, if we separated it from kayfabe, like, should, if Ronda Rousey was just having a match with Liv Morgan and had the ability to be completely violent during the process, what... What should the result of that match be? Right. Well, yeah, probably Ronda Rousey should win that match, right? Um, in the context of what's better for professional wrestling, I've long thought that Ronda Rousey as the champion is boring. Like, it's just, it's Roman mm-hmm. Reigns' champion. It's, nothing is changing. Like, it's just getting stuck until, you know, what, WrestleMania at the earliest? Would be the, the the next chance for someone to beat Ronda Rousey if she wins the belt here? Probably, unless they wanted to, you know, do something where Ronda loses and wins it back at me, you know, something along those lines. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. but then they got to really schmoz it up in order to try to make that happen. Yeah, I um, mean, day, it basically depends how big they want day one to be. If they would consider having okay. Ronda lose at day one, that I, sort of thing. I, I'm assuming that Ronda's gonna win. I'm assuming that Ronda's gonna be the champion at WrestleMania because, you know. It's an easy trope for them to fall back on. Or at least in the title match. Yeah, obviously in the title match. If she's champion, then she can't win the Royal Rumble, which is a good thing because it's less interesting if Ronda Rousey wins the Royal Rumble. Um, I don't know. I really don't know here. I, I am st- I'm, I'm, I'm terribly struggling. I, I, I know I've been complaining about how boring some of the things have been like that AEW's done recently, but this comes off like the idea of it just going back to Ronda Rousey is very boring to me. Like it's just very Yeah, sure. Go back to Ronda Rousey, fine. What to see if I care. Um because of all that, I'll say should live Morgan, but ultimately is Ronda Rousey in the match? Will Ronda Rousey? Like they yeah. just they just default back and say, the hell, it's Ronda Rousey. That's what we're doing here. She I mean live is over forever. She beat Ronda twice. Yeah. 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 I guess that, that's what they're gonna say. Yeah, no, even though it's not true at all. I know. I know saying. that they're just gonna say, Yeah, we are we already did. We already did what we were gonna do for Liv. We're not doing anything else. All right, uh Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins in the fight pit. Daniel Cormier is the special guest referee. Um, Brandon, I guess, is first. All right, let's see what Brandon has here. Oh, my phone turned off here. Here we go. Uh, he says, "I will, I will read this out verbatim." Mm-hmm. Should Riddle will? Hmm. I'm not there to unintelligibly ramble about anything, but I feel like something happens here with Cormier. Seth wins. Brock comes out. Why would Brock give an S about Riddle? Maybe they clean it up and then Brock confronts Cormier. Okay, fine. Riddle wins. Yeah, wasn't there a a, a- there was wasn't there a Brock Riddle thing briefly at one point? Like what wasn't there? So yeah, well there was it was yeah it was a little bit of an online thing. Riddle yeah. like kept calling out Brock on Twitter on yeah you know things, and Brock was just kind of like, "Who the hell are you to be calling me?" That's out? what I thought. I thought there was a thing there. Yes, so that, that that is a thing. Yes. That that would give a reason for for Brock to care. Um, 
but it wouldn't make sense because Riddle's the face here. Like, it just wouldn't... If if we're doing Super Face Brock again, it wouldn't make sense for him to go after Super Face Riddle. Um, I, I'm, I feel about this one almost a little bit the way that I feel about the Brawling Brutes Imperium thing. I don't think anyone is hurt here because as long as you do it right, as long as it's a classic... To, how can anyone be hurt by being involved in a classic fight pit match? Um, the, the concept is so good. It It's so... It, it has given us... We've done two, correct? There have been two. two. Yeah, it, that Thatcher Champa and Thatcher Riddle. And it, they were great. And yes. was anybody hurt by the fight pit in any way? No. No. So there's a part of me that says, like, you know, boy, Seth doesn't win a lot. Go ahead and let have Seth a win here because if there's ever a way to have Seth win a match versus Riddle but Riddle look great anyway, the fight pit is a great way to go about doing it, right? Then there's the part of me that says, yeah, but if you are trying to build Riddle up as a credible threat to something, Lord knows what that would be right now, um, then Riddle should win here. And Riddle's the one of the two of them that was a fighter. So, like... This is his, you know, they're they're making this his match now. Correct. Um, that part is more relevant to me if there was a championship to go after. But there's no championship to go after. So... So what the hell? Um, the, the Brock part of this, or the Cormier part of it specifically, why is Daniel Cormier involved, right? Like, it, it makes it... You know, an obvious question of when is, by the way, when is Saudi Arabia? Uh, beginning of November. Beginning of November. It leads to this. When is, when is, um, Survivor Series? Okay. So Crown Jewel is November 5th. I believe Survivor Series is the, hold on, let me pull up the calendar. It's, it's the thanks, last, it's thanks, the last Saturday. Round Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the obvious, you know, question here is, did Daniel Cormier get involved because there's money for him to be made if he does something with Brock in Saudi Arabia? It's 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 almost like it feels too predictable, right? <laughs> like it feels like that. Is it really that easy for us to, to decipher this? Like, I guess ultimately I say it is, and I think that becomes something. I, I what I would say is I think that happens after the match. I don't yes. think. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. If Brock gets involved, I agree. It's not during the match. I don't. I, I can. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll lay it out for you as Brock gets involved. I I don't think that they mess with the match itself. I think there's the other my other question I have about Brock getting involved is if they're bringing Bray back on Saturday, are they really doing both of those things on the same night? Um and I I don't know where I think Bray even fits necessarily. I, I think I saw Brandon suggest it was in the Drew McIntyre match. It's the only thing that really makes sense. But how does it even really make no, sense? No, it doesn't make sense in, in that, like, you're definitely not putting him into Brawling Brutes Imperium. Right. You're probably not putting him in the fight pit. So the only place, I guess he could do Edge Finn Balor, but, uh Well, I like, would, I would, the, the, the tough part being, I would think that if you've been doing this for this long, you would want Bray to be your final shot of the night. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you would want to do it in a match that wasn't your is last Is there match. any way that because it's Edge, because it's an I Quit match, that that is the main event? I mean, sure. Is it possible? Yeah, of course it is. I don't think it should be. I definitely think the fight pit, because of the fight pit, 
should be the main event. But is it possible because it's Edge? Yes, one thousand. And, and because I Quit match means you go all around the arena. You right. Don't, like you're normally doing like yeah. following that up. Yeah, you're doing the whole actually, thing. Actually, the, the more I'm the more I'm talking about, the more I'm. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then how are you ending? Like how is Bray a factor in that? Like what what is? That's the part that I'm struggling with with all of this. So, yeah, the, the scenario where Brock comes out makes all the sense in the world, right? But does it make more sense for Brock to come out on the um, season premiere of Raw on Monday night? Or SmackDown, yeah. Is is SmackDown tonight? Is that the season premiere or is next Friday? No, I Friday? think it's next week. Next Friday is the season premiere. Yeah. Does it make more sense for Brock? And I guess I'm saying Raw because Daniel Cormier has been involved on Raw. So you could do a segment where Daniel Cormier comes back out on Monday night, that would make sense after Mm -hmm. this match, and he could interact with Riddle or interact with Rollins, and then you could reintroduce Brock in that moment and get more bang for your buck. So I don't think... I'm actually going to talk myself out of it. I think whatever... if I am... We didn't really ask this. I am convinced that Bray appears tomorrow night. (sighs) convinced <laughs> no nope, i'm not convinced i i'll lean towards it i'll lean towards Bray appearing and whatever he appears in he is, is he, yes that's the main event and the last shot of the night is just bray in some way but i would i boy it's so funny Brandon being convinced that it's Drew McIntyre carrying Cross would make sense if they're allowing Drew McIntyre to just complete the dispatch of carrying Cross. Right. And then Bray Wyatt is laughing at the top of the ring, um, you know, ready to be Drew McIntyre's next challenge. And that's not the main event. <laughs> like, no, that's, just, that's definitely no. That's not. There's like, no that's way. Almost, the the more I'm I'm kind of talking myself into he's somehow getting involved with Edge Finn Balor. And honestly, you could make a case for him being involved on either side. Like, he could come back as a face. And let, let's say Finn Balor wins or whatever. Bray could absolutely come back. But if Finn and, Balor a, wins, there's still going to be fall. Like, there's still stuff to clean up with Ray and with, like. Unless you just kill him. <laughs> like. I don't think. But he, Edge is, Edge is going to be in Saudi Arabia. So, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. None of that works for me. I Boy, yeah. I'm, I'm really. I am. You know, I guess this is the good news for them is that we can't dis- completely decipher it, right? Um, like, is it possible that it's like Bray doesn't go after somebody? It's just like, you know, Bray's return and, you know, almost not an empty ring, but what, whatever the main event is ends and Bray's return is just like, I'm, you or, know, right. overshadowing or, or everything. Or does he do a Firefly Funhouse or something? Right. I mean, what do we think Bray is as he returns? That's the right? big question. Like, I don't, I don't think it's the fiend. I don't think it's strictly the fiend in the way that we know the fiend. For a number of reasons, I don't think that. I, I, I don't think that they would just run back, you know, straight back to that. I think, you know, especially with all of this stuff, they want to do something a little bit different. And well, I also, although remember, she, it is also Halloween season. It is Halloween season. I, I'm wondering if there's almost some like hybrid. Of his previous characters that we're going to see. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know exactly how it works. I just, I think, but I, you know, you've also heard, you know, all these other guys talking about The Fiend and stuff and talk about how how tricky it was to book The Fiend. It is. It's definitely tricky to book The Fiend. So, like, I do wonder if they go away from that simply because they realize that it's really, really hard to get that right. All right. I don't think I ever made a pick. I'll pick 
because because there's nowhere for Riddle to go, I'll I'll say Will Rollins because like I just don't think so. Matt Riddle beats Seth Rollins to do what now? Yeah. So yeah, Rollins. Yeah, and Rollins does have the U.S. title match the next day, um, which you know you can do it whenever you want, but I think it does add a little bit to it if he's coming off of a win. Mm-hmm. I think that. I think it should be Rollins for a number of reasons, including that one that, you know, you have that title match the next day. It's all of a sudden becomes bigger if all of a sudden you just had Rollins beat Matt Riddle. I think that the big push towards the should is simply that Matt Riddle does, depending on how it happens, Matt Riddle would look a little bit bad if he loses this match just because he is the cage fighter. He did call this match. This is, you know, I guess right now in WWE terms, this is his match since Mm -hmm. Timothy Thatcher no longer has it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a little bit of a bad look, but it's not like an impossibly no, difficult bad look for him. No. Um, and there's still I, the I, opportunity I think, for way, him to get his... He can still get another match with Seth Rollins because there's absolutely. nothing else for these guys to do. Absolutely. By in the fact, way, think, if Seth Rollins were to beat Bobby Lashley, and I don't know why we'd be doing that, but what the hell, let's just play it out. If sure. Seth Rollins were to beat Bobby Lashley, then Matt Riddle would have the opportunity to get his heat back you know, going for the belt. Exactly. Um, I also think that, you know, if you do want to do something with Brock and Cormier, even if it's on Monday, you have, you know, Cormier either helping or, or, you know, just again, you have, you could have it where he raises Seth Rollins' hand again. Maybe Seth Rollins comes out and forces Cormier, you know, or uh, on Monday and says, you know, Cormier, I want Cormier to strap me up after he, you know, beats Lashley or whatever. Cormier decks Rollins, that makes sense. Brock a heel then. Right. I was going to say Cormier Dex right. Rollins and then Brock comes out. But that would make uh, Lesnar a heel. Either way, but I think you you can have an image with Seth and Cormier and then Brock comes out. By the way, the more I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it, I kind of would love just a complete cluster F five-way match between Riddle, Rollins, Lashley, Cormier, and Brock at Saudi Arabia. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that, <laughs> yeah. but how much fun would that be? I mean, it would be, it would be fun, yes, but they're not. It's not happening. I guess the real question. It, it is interesting the more we position this. Daniel Cormier is a really popular fighter. Does WWE care about that? Because if they are going to do a Brock Lesnar Daniel Cormier match, are they just trying to do a face face thing? Do they just try to do a respect thing? Or like, could Lesnar come back as heel for this one, like heel for this feud, just because Cormier is popular? Or, 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 do, they, or do they, the or do they acknowledge that like there was a limit to what you were doing with Cowboy Brock, right? Like, right. hey, we, that was fun, but he ultimately lost, so maybe he needs to be more pissed off. He can't be as much fun this time around. Mm-hmm. Like, ultimately, he couldn't get over on Roman. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting thought. All right. Yeah. Those are the matches. Um, I feel like there are about a hundred things that we needed to cover this week, and I've already forgotten so many of them during the course of the week that it is hard for me to go back to all of them. Um, I, I obviously there's another, there's more backstage problems on AEW, mm-hmm. and I, I have no idea what to make of it because it's, you know, it's another situation. It is abundantly weird that Sammy Guevara was on Dynamite and after got the this. Pin. And right, correct. And yet there's still some confusion about whether or not maybe he... Like, it seems like more of the reporting suggests that Andrade was the aggressor in all of this. Yeah, it it seems... So the the original report was that they both threw punches, and now it seems 
fairly clear that he that at least Sammy didn't throw a punch, though there's questions about did he shove him first? Was there, you know, was there something there? But at least it does seem clear that he didn't throw punches, which I guess is, you know, something. What a what a I mean, dude, it's so it all very mm, it's starting to feel like not saying losing control is the wrong way to say it, right? Because I said this a million times before. I'm going to guess there's been a lot of, I've heard a lot of backstage stories about things that have happened with WWE. But all of this happening at the same time as this really damning report about how sluggish their ticket sales are, Mm -hmm. which, which is wild to me. Like, dude, they, they come to DC and can't fill the secondary building. Like that is not a big building that they are playing in DC. What what is that? Five thousand that that building holds? Something like that, dude. That's what what is that? I I, I want to double check on. It. I'm pretty sure it's it is like super small. The it's, oh, I mean, I I was going even going to say it might be less than five thousand. It's yeah. not more than five thousand. It is. Um, four, what, what did they do for those last tapings? Four thousand two hundred. Yeah. Yikes! Yikes! Now I get it. You can put a form, few more people on the floor um, for an event like this, but it's still not. It doesn't make it a. It, it's not a six thousand seat. Yeah, I thing. mean, look, they did. Um, you know, four thirty-five hundred to fourth. Oh yeah, okay. AEW Dynamite back in January did thirty-six hundred in so DC. Yeah, so that's oh. a third of that attendance off. Not yeah. So what did they do this time? About I think it was, I saw around twenty-five hundred. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. What is going on? It's it's weird. I mean. I think there's a number of reasons. I think the I think there is obviously look, it's down, the enthusiasm is down for a number of reasons. I also think that while the idea of keeping it to places you know can sell was a good idea overall, once you're going back to the same place for the third fourth time, especially when so many uh, you know you're not getting people from Philly going down to dynamite when they're going to be at Philly or just were at Philly or whatever, you know, even if it's not the exact same city, it's very, you know, they're keeping it very regional. And I do think you're starting to see the effects of that. Right. Um, I I think there's a number of things that are involved with it, but part of it is simply that enthusiasm for AEW is down right now. It's dramatically down. And it's easy for me to say this, what's coming to roost is the effects of not building your own stars, right? Like that, that everybody got to see CM Punk return and they were excited about that. And, and yes, maybe it does hurt that CM Punk is gone, but I'm assuming most of these shows were announced before we knew CM Punk was going to be gone. Correct. Um, at least a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like this, this... I don't think that the majority of these shows were not announced after Labor Day. No. Yeah. Like I think it it wasn't long before. I feel like this uh, DC show was announced early August, but again, that was when CM Punk was around. Correct. And yet they're still not selling tickets. Um, the easiest thing to me to say is like, this is that coming to roost. What's coming to roost is you have not elevated your next stars that people say, I, I have to go this time because the last time I was there, 
so-and-so wasn't a superstar, right? Like, mm-hmm. I have to be there now to experience blank live. You're experiencing, for the most part, the same stuff. Um, I'm still admittedly kind of shocked by this. I remember I, one of the things I gave AEW credit for was getting into the right size buildings, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. making a smaller and, building and, and shooting and shooting that was one thing I was stunned at on Wednesday. They did oh. not do anything to make that look oh, good. You they, could they went see. out of their way to make it look bad. Yeah, you could see. Like, yeah. it, like it, they, and they were they were doing shots. They were, like these wide swooping shots that didn't make any sense to like, do. You're like, there's nobody in the upper deck, is there? <laughs> like, what what is going on here? Um, and we say upper deck, we're saying it kind of tongue in cheek because it's not really like it's an upper. This is not an arena. This is a, a, a just a small little building. Yeah. Um, From what I hear, by the way, very cool for wrestling. But yeah, I mean, it makes yeah. sense. It's it's about the size of UMBC's building where they've sold no tickets for their next appearance here in a, a few weeks. Um, I don't know, man. I, I was I really was alarmed by this. Like the numbers, mm-hmm. the, like the number of less than a thousand tickets sold for Atlantic City, and I get it. Atlantic City is not a big market, but it's not a big market. But, but and, you're and pulling I think from that one more than anything else is being hurt by the. Well, yeah, you're running New York twice, and you're running Philly, Philly. and you're running Baltimore. Like yeah. any, because you're not going. To, there's no Atlantic City people. You're hoping to get people from these well, other you're, markets. You're trying. Well, but you're trying to pull from a lot of Jersey, and you're trying to pull from Philly. Typically, right. is the market that you try to pull from when you go to Atlantic but, City. But you're you were just there, right? You were just there last week. I get it. You were just in Philly. Everybody had their opportunity. What's different? What's unique about this? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. There is nothing that's unique or different about this appearance. Um. Yes, I ideally like they would be out west more and and other places. And I guess the the Toronto show has sold mildly well. Like they they're very happy with the fact they sold seven thousand tickets in Toronto, which is not you know it ain't a lot, but by their standards of everywhere else, it's good. But like it's the first time they've been there. Like they should be selling well in a place they're going to for the first time. I I am. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. I'm I'm flummoxed by how bad it is, and I'm someone who's been cr- hmm. I've been critical of AEW, and I'm still flummoxed by how bad it is. And what panics me is that they they almost fault MJF over this, right? Like, well, I don't we, think that's going to be the thing. You say that? No, I don't think they're going to like change their mind about whether or not they're going to give him the belt. But I mean, like in the way that they view him as the top guy in the company, they that, they may not view him as a true draw. That's what I. That's what I. I'm panicked about. What I'm panicked about is that instead of recognizing that th- th- this is the result of the mistakes they made in the past to not elevate younger guys and to not try to create their own stars, that instead they do the exact opposite, which is that they see this coinciding with when they finally have thrown things behind one of their own guys and one of their young stars and they say well this this is why you can't do that this is why we always have to have you know former wwe guys or you know the same or sting or whatever the f it is um at the top of our card and the guys that get the most attention because the moment we decided finally the one time we finally decided to try to elevate a younger talent um nobody came out to see him I don't think they will view it that way. 
There is absolutely a well, chance. Well, they definitely yeah, sure. shouldn't view it that yeah, way. We no, definitely agree I on that. I don't think they will. I think that... I get. Here's the thing. If there's no external influence, I do wonder more and more as, as this goes on if Warner does start to have more of a say. And in that case, I absolutely could see it. Um, I'm not, you know, saying Tony Khan's a brilliant guy or even a smart guy or even a good, uh, you know, booker, GM, whatever you want to call him of professional wrestling. But I have the slightest enough faith in him that he wouldn't go that way. I, you say that, but like he's responsible for why this has been so bad to this point. Like he's responsible for the fact that they haven't elevated their own guys. I, yeah, but at, but at the same time, he's also the one who's like touting himself for for at Hangman Page, who's who's pointing at these other things. What do you like, mean? What do you mean? Like, I I do think that there there's a part of him that that truly views his biggest accomplishment is the whole Adam Page story, the idea that ah oh, we were able to take this and do this whole thing, and we don't just shotgun. Even though they do shotgun book, he has this idea in his mind that he doesn't, and because of that, I don't think that he would lose his interest in MJF that quickly or lose oh, his I, view in MJF I, I, that quickly. When I say, I, I think I'm, I'm no, 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 you, you are. I'm probably phrasing it bad. Yeah. I'm not saying that they saying. abandon MJF as much as they say, no, the top, top guy. guy in the company has to be, you know, John Moxley. It has Brian to be Danielson, the yeah. same guys. It's been, it's gotta be somebody who's, um, I want to go back to this. So this was, I pulled this from cage side. Um, chatter about AEW's fortunes has increased after Dave Meltzer wrote in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the company's advanced ticket sales, quote, do not tell a good story at all, unquote, and said on Wrestling Observer Radio that, quote, people have been saying AEW went from their own identity to being guys that WWE didn't want. You keep bringing mm-hmm. in these WWE hotshot guys for a rating, and it's almost like TNA was, if you remember, unquote, which, of course, is hilarious because when he says people, I guess he means me. Right, like my God, how now, many? Now, to be fair, they haven't been quite as bad as TNA. I, I saw the TNA thing. I was like, "Ooh." Um, like, you say that, dude, but they were bringing in like Mike Knox and pushing him as the main eventer right away. Like they haven't gone that far. Uh, I mean, okay, I mean that's that's pretty specific. I got to remember when that. I don't even remember when that was. But like TNA was doing it with Christian when it made sense to do it with Christian. Right. Like AEW's done it with Christian 10 years beyond when it was time to do it with Christian. Like, the argument would be AEW's been doing it way worse than T. Like, the Sting thing. Like, this is nonsensical, the obsession they've had with Matt Hardy, with, with guys that are clearly beyond their prime. The argument for TNA was, for the most part, it was at least guys that were still in their prime. Right, like even if they were guys that were lower, they, they weren't stars in WWE, but got over there and they. I they, guess the the pro, the general when you think of TNA and, and their relationship with WWE is they would take anybody from WWE and and treat them like they are the biggest stars ever. While at least AEW hasn't quite done that. Well, they've done it the opposite way. They've taken guys, it's guys, right? They, they've done the exact opposite. They've taken guys that are so far beyond their prime. Whereas the guys that came over in their prime from WWE, they've 
you know, it, they've mirrored them. Like exactly. they've screwed it up. They don't I know guess, what they're doing. I guess I'm doing. just saying it, it's a different problem they have. Than Maybe, but TNA. I would argue it's yeah. a far worse problem and, than, and that's than TNA. Like yeah. th- it's it's more nonsense than what TNA was doing. Like it made sense for TNA to to throw the entire company behind Kurt Angle. Like yes, it no, was yeah, Kurt and, Angle. And by the way, the the Kurt Angle Christian thing when you know they were in their primes and they should have been pushed to the moon. Correct. Yes. The, a, AEW is pushing guys that are have no business being in these positions like zero none no business at all being in these spots and that's who AEW has chosen to push so for for them to like suddenly be noticing it is kind of rich right like really now you're seeing why these things might have been problematic like now you're getting it you didn't notice it then you just sort of assumed that it would never be a problem um I yes, the easy answer is this is why you need to elevate your younger guys. What I worry about is, is it too late? And I don't mean like too late. I'm not trying to say it dramatically, like you know, Aaron says it's going to ruin the company. <laughs> I I mean, like how long do you have to play catch up at this point? If if I, I guess the ratings are still good, right? Yeah. So that's the one thing they have going for them. But if nobody's going out to see it live, if they don't feel the need to go feel it, how do you get people to understand if you're trying to build Wheeler Yuta as a star or Daniel Garcia as a star, how do you get people to understand how electric it is to go see Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta if nobody's going to see Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta right now? Yeah, it's, it's why I think that this next kind of batch of the the new show you know you mentioned Toronto Seattle kind of this next batch of places where y- you hope and if they can't sell at those places that's a problem that's a huge 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 problem but you hope that you get them in front of a big crowd you do something big you use this the next you know I, I said this kind of in the fallout of everything that happened at All Out was like you can take a little bit of a breath here knowing that the next month or two are going to be pretty messy, mm-hmm. but you have to have a plan and you have to execute. Like you can forgive Atlantic city, not having a big crowd. If you're using that to set up, okay, we're accepting that here, but here's why in January and February, you know, this is going to happen. And these are going to, this is why people are going to come back out. You can't panic now. And you have to have, a plan and the plan has to be a good one. Well, but but do they have that? And, I, and are you seeing anything that like they just keep no. making every show about freaking Ring of Honor, which isn't a real thing? Like the, yep. the entire thread of their Wednesday night show was Ring of Honor and the Code of Honor and all of that. St- like it is is that what AEW is now? Like I I like Ring of Honor, don't get me wrong, but we all know Ring of Honor was never remotely relevant. And and I say that's unfair. They had a moment where they flirted with like real relevance, but it was flirting with it. Like it was not, they were never a legitimate, viable, major national wrestling promotion. Um, And is, is that what you're pushing yourself as? I, I, the, the question is simply, what is the end game of it? Like, is this, they're pushing it because they think Ring of Honor can be something, or is it they're pushing this because, you know, going I back think to they're what pushing you said, it because is, is it's they're 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 pushed they're going back to the old reliable in Jericho, and Jericho just kind of happens to be you know doing the Ring of Honor thing right now. I I've been convinced all along they're pushing it because it's incestuous because they're smelling their own farts because they've thought themselves to be bulletproof and we can just do anything. 
It, this goes back to the Tony. As long as we just do good matches, then nothing else matters. Which is was nonsense the first time it was said, and will be nonsense every time it's said. Like you can't just say we're giving you good matches. There was a good match at the end of the night. I mean, it was good. There, there were several good matches. I, I enjoyed. By the way, I enjoyed the Wardlow Brian Cage. I, you know, yeah. I, I think that that was that was a step in the right direction for Wardlow for sure. Yeah, on TV. Yeah, I mean, um, sure. I mean, that's a very low bar, but I, I'm just saying it's a low bar. But like, that's what Wardlow should be doing is doing really cool stuff because that's what he can do. I like, I don't disagree with that inherently. I don't. Um, like and by the way, get, get, getting to see Prince Nana was awesome. Sure, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to mark for, out for that for no matter you. what. Like yeah. For oh, you, I, it I was understand awesome. That. Like that, yeah. I'm not saying that's a step in the right direction for that's no. going to sell tickets. But for me personally, I love seeing Prince well, and, Nana. And Brian Cage makes a lot of sense to be somebody that you want to have on. I've ne- that's another one I'll never understand. Um, it's a shame that Ricky Starks has passed away. I'll never. The, the the number of at, at, at FTR, I, lot of things, lot of things that just don't make sense to me. But I don't know, man. The the FTR thing is baffling to me. Like we were talking about FTR, they got the you know even Brandon was like, you know what? Like it may have been an obvious thing to do, but we had Brandon agreeing they've done right by FTR, and now they're not on TV. It's, I, I, bro. Bro, I, I I don't know, and I get it. They got a bloated roster. There there are a million problems there, but like, how do you have a bloated roster and yet not have anybody that people want to come out and see? That's it. Like <laughs> you were. It goes back to what we we're talking about. Like who were the guys they were pressing the buttons on correctly? Who were the guys they were building? Like it felt like they had figured out Ricky Starks. I we like thought out of nowhere, out of nowhere they pressed the button correctly when I didn't see that coming at yep. all. None of and, us. And they did it, and then. Then just jump, jump ship, just yeah. abort, abort mission for why? I don't know. <laughs> just, just to do it, just to do it. And and is, he is was the one guy. He's injured, uh, like of course it's. I, I, he damn well better be at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, my God, imagine if he's not. Like, what are you doing? He was the one guy of this group of guys. Look, obviously we're ex- excluding the acclaimed. That's a ten and a, it's the only thing people are coming out to see right now. Is the acclaimed? The acclaimed is the greatest thing that the AWs had for months. MJF is still MJF, but I do think has this thing has messed with that. This this disappearance going back to their insane decision to put Wardlow over him they they screwed up even MJF now he's so good that he's still performing well but it hasn't been quite the same as it was I can't pretend like it has and also it hurts that they don't really have direction right Right. now they don't really know what they're he's just sort of lingering in the background lording over which is not what MJF should be doing um I don't know, man. I, outside of that, the, the guys that they've chosen are guys that are clearly not ready on the mic in Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. They're not mm-hmm. ready on the mic. Ricky Starks, for as much as we never saw it, actually was. Like, they got to a point where we said, oh, crap, he's he's ready. He is. Yep. We acknowledge he's ready. Let's go. And maybe they have a bigger mic problem within AEW. Like, maybe there is a... A more secondary, because they were so obsessed with the idea of, well, we just put on good matches and nothing else matters, that they're not spending nearly enough time. We know firsthand from talking to AJ about 
you know, all of the promo battles and all of the promo training that is done within WWE? Is it possible that we learn that there is not nearly enough of that going on in AEW because these guys aren't spending time, you know, in an Orlando where they're doing this every day mm-hmm. in order to improve? It is staggering to me how many of these guys have just not appeared to be prepared and ready to go on the mic. Um you know, clearly Hook's not, clearly Daniel Garcia's not, clearly Wheeler Yuta's not. I, I I don't think he's as bad as some of the other ones are, but you know, you know, he's, he's you're, you're not turning on the TV to see Wheeler Yuta talk. No, not a chance. Um clearly, you know, Darby Allen wasn't, clearly Sammy Guevara wasn't. Um it, it's almost overwhelming how many of these guys weren't ready to go on the mic. Um, when there would have been an appropriate time to pull the trigger. And again, obviously, some of them had other problems, like Darby mm-hmm. and Sammy were more complicated. But like, you start to really look at it and wonder if that's not a bigger issue here. That as we try to dissect what's going on with AEW, that the number of young performers they've had come up that should be ready, that haven't been ready, is it's starting to get a little staggering. I think part of it, I mean, you're talking about guys like Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, who I, I'm not saying that, you know, on independent shows, you never cut promos or anything like that. Right. But when you do cut promos, you know, when you're, you know, making the weekend rounds or whatever, it's usually just play to the crowd. The, yeah. Well, well, you, you play to the crowd, but usually that your biggest promo is kind of like a two minute Twitter right. clip or whatever that you're sending to whatever uh, company it is. And that. You know, that all works and, you know, you can do two minutes, you can do multiple takes, you can do all of that stuff and and really get it right. Um, And it's just not something that the idea of, hey, go out there for, you know, six minutes and talk is not really a thing that you see much in, you know, the the places that we're going. Like, I guess some of these guys were in, you know, for Ricky Starks, he was in, uh, was it MLW or NWA? One of the two. Um and even though those places aren't big, there's at least TV time that they're, you know, right. doing the normal kind of mic thing. And that I do wonder if they should, you know, like this is where, you know, if Cody was still around in the Nightmare Factory, not that, you know, Cody would have been the end be all, but you would have had a place. Hey, right. why don't you come to the Nightmare Factory you, for a weekend not, and do promo not, training? Yeah, not working on wrestling. This, just this, this has to improve. Um like, a lot of people are trying to throw themselves behind the idea that Swerve could be the next guy that they try to elevate and take a chance on and see if he can turn into a star. And, look, there's a lot to like about Swerve, but is he a natural promo guy? I, I guess the quite he's a natural talker. Right. I don't know if he's a natural promo guy. And you can make a natural talker work. You just have to do it But correctly. as an elevated top star... I think it depends what you mean by top star. If you're talking about, you know, world title, I don't know. But I do think that, yes, you could like if you wanted to have Swerve be, a, a you know, a, a TNT champion, if you want him to be an upper mid Carter. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're or, or upper mid Carter to, you know, one of those guys, the, the upper mid. But they, they don't need upper mid Carters right now. Like they need legitimate star power. Right now, they need to throw the rocket behind stars. Right now, they need the next. Nobody's being driven to buy tickets to something because of the upper mid card. Right. You you choose to buy a ticket to a show because you want to see a star. And 
I wonder if, you know, instead of Swerve, as, as I, again, I want to see Swerve in an extended singles run because I, I think that yeah. he, it would be really interesting. I think it would be good. Do I know if he can be the guy you put on the front of the poster? I don't know. But if we're talking about Swerve, Keith Lee. Yeah, I mean, Keith Lee, not that he was ever dynamic with his promos, but he was very effective. He was passionate. Right. He was very effective with his promos. Um yeah, I'm. I'm. Look, I'm sure as hell not opposed to it. And Keith Lee's great, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm trying to come up with the answers here. Like, who, yeah. who can you kind of say yes? And they're elevating MJF. That that's he, good. He, you know what the who crazy? You, the, you know who the guy is that like I'm looking at right? I can't believe I'm about to say that. When you hear me say these words, you're gonna be. You, you might want to. If if you weren't sitting down, I would tell you to sit down right now. You know who's the guy that like m- recently I've looked at and said maybe it's time to strap something to that dude is daddy magic. I'm not, no, Oh, I've been saying that for, I, whenever you guys were, were trashing I, the, the I, saying the Jericho appreciation society, he wasn't working for me. I didn't know what you were talking. Cause I thought, no, no, no. it's the, guys, the, the Jericho working. appreciation society. No, is nothing. But, like, but these guys, a spotlight, th- this has absolutely shown me. There's something there with him specifically with him specifically, just the facial expressions, just his reactions, like, dude, he's got something. Now, it's easy for me to say that now. If they moved into a more elevated role, would that continue? And you know, could, could it be a Damian Sandow situation? Correct. Like, I I don't know, but there is definitely a, a talent if, there. There is nothing a, else. I think 2.0 could be. You tell me that we get a 2.0 acclaimed feud. Oh, I love That's that. A thing. I love for the for the meantime. I love that. But they've, they they have to identify legitimate stars and yikes like yikes it is hard it is so very hard to see it um to your point maybe it is literally taking their top stars right now i say their top stars but these guys and saying dude you gotta go back to promo school like you gotta go we 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 have elevated you and we need to repack we need to reconsider we need to do something bold because this ain't working um i don't have a lot more time so let's cover a couple more things really quickly number one um changes to the wwe announce uh tables coming Mm -hmm. i don't understand moving on from jimmy smith that makes no sense to me at all i thought jimmy smith had been very solid like what i love most about jimmy smith was that he wasn't more ronaldo like he wasn't like he was just really good. <laughs> like yes, he, he was just really. He, he presented things the way they were supposed to be presented. Didn't go too far off in a character one way or another. Like it was just like okay, yeah, this is how it should be presented. I I didn't get it at all. I thought Jimmy Smith was one of the most refreshing things that we had seen in WWE broadcasting in some time. And I when he when he first arrived, I had no feelings. I didn't know who he was. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like okay. Here's, I, I had vaguely heard the name. But yeah, yeah. Here's here's this dude now. And within a month, I was extraordinarily comfortable with him. I was like this this guy knows what he's doing. Like this guy's great. Um, I have no clue why they would move Byron Saxon off the table. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? I mean, the only thing that makes sense is that he is like they. Obviously, they're going away from the three-man booth, which I'm not necessarily against because sometimes, a, oftentimes, a three-man booth is is too unwieldy. And Byron Sexton was the classic third guy. Like he was a really he was a really good third guy at times. But I thought he helped Corey in that way. Like I and, thought... and that's the thing. Like in a lot of times he did, and then a lot of times it was just 
yeah, you know, were, I mean, there were t- there were sure there were moments, but I I I don't know. I don't I don't dig this. But I, but but I I agree with you that Byron was a. A, if you had a third guy, Byron was a really good third guy. I thought guy. he was. And a, if you're moving away from three guys, that's why he's. And I also gone. think it always helps to have a broadcaster that you can make fun of. And I don't know that you want to do that with a new guy, right? Like they did it with Michael Cole for years. Like it can be the play-by-play guy that you do it with, but I don't know that you want to do that with a new person. Um, I see. I never liked. I. I'm not going to say never liked, but I'm not as fond of the making fun of... You say that, the, but like when you have Bailey come over and sit at the table, what is she supposed to do? I see. Okay, I see. What you, okay, you're, you're talking... You're not talking about broadcasting. No, I'm not specifically talking about... about like, yes, obviously, Corey okay. was over the top with what he yeah, would do okay, with Byron okay, Saxon. Okay, yeah, no, but I'm, the Bailey stuff is... But I'm know. saying like when you have someone come over the to the, heel, to the table, the heels, so, yes, I think there needs to be a foil there. And I'm... What, what's the guy's name? Kevin Patrick? Kevin Patrick. I don't think that I want that to be Kevin Patrick. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I just don't think that there's a there there. Um, and I'll I'll say the quiet part out loud. Uh, whites in common with all of the broadcasters right mm-hmm. now. Like, it, it it's a bad look. Um, you know I I, I know Booker is gonna go to NXT, and so it's that that's that's someone. I, of course, I love Booker, but like I, I don't I love Booker. Is he the I've right never... guy for NXT? He's not the right guy for NXT, and I, I've never loved him on commentary. I've never loved him on commentary, but he's still Booker, and I still think it's yeah. fine, right? Like, I think it's fine. But really, for NXT, like, if if you well, are... Especially you're, you're getting rid of Nigel McGuinness. Right. Like, I, I... And again, part of the problem being, but if you don't have Booker, then you're completely white. Like, right, exactly. Like, in, I, I just said, take out Booker and put in Nigel McGuinness. Right, it's entirely white. That's the problem. So, I... There's a there's a eesh, there's a lot there that I don't there's there's no women at the table again like I which is weird after they pushed the the Beth thing like it seemed like they were really trying to go that direction. I there's a lot here that I'm just I really am this 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 feels Vince McMahony you know what I mean like this this doesn't feel fresh to me Wade Wade is great everybody loves Wade Wade is tremendous I'm not yep. That's awesome, and especially because that's. Uh, I'm gonna. It's going to be a three month thing. Uh, too. I, I'm going to say something better than. Wade is a thousand times better than Pat McAfee, and y'all can be as mad about that as you want because you just like Pat McAfee, and I like Pat McAfee's persona fine, but as far as being an analyst on a wrestling show, Wade Barrett's a billion times better. No offense, no offense. There's no way to compare it. Pat McAfee's personality, of course, everybody loves. And, you know, he's silly Pat McAfee, and that's great. But uh, an analyst on a wrestling show, I mean, sit down. Wade Barrett is a 13 and a half. You can't get better than Wade Barrett. This is a massive upgrade. Um, Now, I get it. Pat McAfee's going to be back. What do you do at that point? It would be a mistake for you to remove Wade Barrett. Can Wade Barrett and Pat McAfee work together? I don't know how that looks. So, I I don't know. I, there's a problem there. But for the meantime, whatever, until you deal with it, I can't I can't tell you. That, that the one thing about this that re- works for me is Wade Barrett a thousand times Wade Barrett. This is a massive win. Yeah, love Wade Barrett. 
not yeah like like my objections were losing jimmy smith and losing nigel yeah i know i don't care for losing nigel for sure um okay and i feel like there was one other thing that i wanted to cover and i can't remember what it was uh oh you and i were uh, texting back and forth about um uh, the fact merch that Drew, sales yeah, or Drew McIntyre yeah. now has the top merch sales, and you're still trying yeah. to pretend like Cody Rhodes had the top merch sales because he's the most popular, instead of it being because that was when he well, debuted. Well, but I mean, you could say the same thing about Drew McIntyre literally having a pay-per-view in his home country being built around him, and that being a lot of what the merch, or not necessarily a lot, but a well, good I, I have no idea what the time frame was. For, right, like, like, but that, you, that's all I'm saying, is like, if we want to knock Cody for being the shiny new toy, we've got to also acknowledge that they put out a lot of new merch for Drew going back to the UK. Like, I, I okay. I don't. I, I don't think all of the merch that was sold was Drew going back to the not UK. Not all of it. I think you're being not, purposefully it, obtuse. To put him ahead of the bloodline because yeah, you're maybe. you're not recognizing that Drew McIntyre is the most over thing with every average WWE fan that has existed for multiple years now. The average WWE fan is obsessed with Drew McIntyre. Kids are obsessed with Drew McIntyre. Everyone is obsessed with Drew McIntyre. I I don't know why we're we're missing that. I don't know why it is that we're just trying to pretend like that's not a thing or that Cody could be better than that. I, I and I, I don't like this because it feels like I'm taking shots at Cody. I, <laughs> you I, love taking shots at Cody. I used to. He's my favorite hobby. I don't <laughs> like taking shots at Cody now. I don't know why we're pretending like Cody could be more over than Drew. Because they're uh, again, it's it's not even that we believe that he should be more over than Drew or that he is more over than Drew. WWE is telling you that Cody is the guy since he came back. They've been you, telling you that Cody is the you guy. You keep saying that. I have no idea why you think they're telling you that he's m- more the guy than anybody else is. Because Drew McIntyre lost in his home country. I understand that. I get that. I got it all figured yeah, out. Co- Cody Rhodes is on every, or was when he wasn't injured, was on every billboard. He was front and center of every billboard. he was new! I understand that, but do you think that's going to be any different when he comes no, back? No, I think when he comes back, they're going to make a big deal out of Cody for a little while, yes. 1,000%. In no ways does that make it acceptable for him to be the one to beat Roman Reigns because you don't get to be new for forever. At some point, you're just there. That's it. But I, but I guess the question is, if they push him as special for that time, does he become every bit as special as Drew McIntyre is? Do kids he can love him never just as look much? like Drew McIntyre does. You I can do whatever you want to do. Exactly like, he can, can never look like Drew McIntyre. You can push him however you want to push him. You walk the two people out there. You, you're you not this dumb. Like I you, know I'm not this dumb, but I also, again, it just goes back to, I don't believe that a guy who is 6'1 can never be the face of a company. The The singular face? I, I don't believe a guy who is 6'1 can never be the top guy in a company. Yes. Um, it, I, I mean, I... To say never, no. Of course, the answer is not never. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've said never is the answer. I mean, how old, how tall was Stone Cold? A probably, probably six two, probably a little bigger than. Yeah. Uh, he I mean, he was, he, was yeah. Definitely, yeah. he definitely had a better look than Cody did, but he yeah. wasn't significantly big. The look, I, I understand it matters. I understand it matters. It it matters overwhelmingly when you're talking about this specific thing that we're then talking why about. Why is Drew champion right now? I, Again, there are bigger problems here. There are if the answer is Drew's not champion because Cody's got to be the champion, then burn the company down. Like burn it down. You you don't get it. This is still professional wrestling at the end of the day. I don't know what the answer is. My guess is it's just because 
They wanted to keep Roman the champion because they've been very comfortable with Roman being the champion. But if the answer is we didn't let Drew become champion because we've decided Cody's going to be the champion, the hell with everything. We, there is no point to this. You don't know what you're doing. This unique thing where you are anointing someone with this thing is not for Cody Rhodes. Who, again, I actually like now. Like, <laughs> I have actually come around on. You don't do this for him ever, 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 ever. You don't do this for him. By the way, Probably worth pointing out the um, the other big story of the week is that Gable Stevenson or Gable Stevenson is now full time with WWE. Um, yes, as a health condition uh, is going to keep him from finishing his uh, or continuing his uh, amateur wrestling career. So just I I, I I'm very I've... any report has talked about kind of how he's been a little farther behind than he thought. You know, like my my whole Gable Stevenson thing was that. He was going to be a natural to this. He was going to be, you know, everything was going to work. And you could push him the same way you pushed Kurt Angle. Um, if he's a guy that you're still kind of starting from square one with. Well, I don't think he's, he's not coming for WrestleMania. No, no, Lord, no, no. But like, I'm, I'm a lot farther down on Gable Stevenson than I was six months ago. Okay. Okay. I mean, I. I don't know enough to know. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea uh, exactly where that is. But no, clearly he's not. I'm not suggesting he's in line to be the one to beat Roman Reigns. I want to make that abundantly clear. I know that was what you threw out once upon a time. I'm just saying file it away. All I know is the answer ain't Cody Rhodes. No offense. No offense. Think he should you be a champion. Cody Rhodes. It's okay. You think, hate Cody Rhodes. I think he should win, probably win the Royal Rumble. I believe I said that. He but then absolutely. He has to, he has no, to they should have two champions. We've been through this before. Well, we're not going to have two champions. Then he definitely can't be the guy. Like, it's. If <laughs> like, there's only like going to that, be. That's where we're going to, is we're not going to have two If champions. there's only going to be one champion, it can't be Cody Rhodes. If there are two champions, then Cody Rhodes should win the Royal Rumble and win a belt at WrestleMania. Like, that's. It's very easy. But Again, if, if there's going to be two champions, there would have been two champions by now. You keep, you have no idea. Like, I get why you think that, but they've literally, the reporting a couple weeks ago is they're trying to figure out a way to deal with it. Like, but they also didn't want Roman to lose it all. I understand. Like, it's part of the problem. All right. Uh, get your plugs in. Uh, check out VEASAN, VEASAN.com. Uh, NBA guide should be coming out in the next week and plenty of football content coming at you. And follow me on Twitter at the AOster. At Brandon Linton for him. And uh, Ramshead Live has uh, concerts. That's uh, They're a concertery. Uh, concert, con, did I say concertery? Concertery. Cons- I like con- it. Concertery. Uh, I, I actually like concertery better. I kind of like concertery. It does roll off the tongue a little bit more. Concertery. Uh, you can go see your uh, concerts there. Um, at uh, AJ Francis 410 for him at Glenn Clark Radio GlennClarkRadio.com for me for uh, Brandon for Aaron and for the main event vent 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 AJ Francis I'm Glenn Clark this is Ben jobbing out jobbing out I'm so jealous that Brandon gets a make out with Migs at Disney World <laughs>